Long time no see. I think it's been about two months since uh, I've uh, got to preach, got to have neck surgery in there, so that was, uh, that was super fun. Um, Julie's husband just had the same neck surgery I had on Thursday, so I, uh, I can relate to what he's going through uh, right now. But praise God, I'm better, and I don't have to wear a neck brace. If you've ever had to wear a neck brace, it's worse than the actual surgery. Um, it, it's just off. You, settle down, Michael. You worn a neck brace too before? Oh, I, I thought maybe you had, and that's why you were doing that. But uh, I am glad, I am so happy to be uh, able to be back up here and to preach. I'm going to I'm going to do something a little bit challenging today and um, continue our new pastor series on the mission of God. And, you know, I can stand up here and lead worship um, week in and week out and sing someone else's songs, but trying to preach someone else's idea that God gave them for a sermon is a little bit challenging. So just know if today's terrible, that's why. It has nothing to do with me. It's just because I'm trying to do uh, someone else's material. Um, so... We've had three weeks of the Mission of God series, and in the first week, uh, Pastor Mike literally started at the beginning in Genesis and was trying to help us understand what the mission of God was and understanding who God is and what he's after, and it lets us know what we as followers should also be about. And he also asked the question, what is on God's heart for our church What is on God's heart for our community, our city, our neighborhood, maybe for our home? So we have to get in tune to God so we can understand his mission. And then in week two, we learned that God is the one on the mission. God is the one doing the work, but he is inviting people into his work. And then he asked, are we connected to the world? Are we connected to God or to blessing? And then last week, he was in Hosea. Uh, and I remembered that story so well because in our, uh, our marriage group um, in the spring, I remember talking about Hosea and Gomer, and it's a very interesting story. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance uh, to listen to that sermon, you can go back and watch our stream or you can go uh, to the podcast and listen to the sermon. But God demonstrates who he is in this story, and he calls his people to be, um, to be like him. And he asked uh, Hosea to do something that seemed a little strange in marrying this woman and, and what, what was all that about. This week, we're going to jump into the New Testament, into the book of John. Now, the book of John is one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John is unlike the other three. The other three are called the Synoptic Gospels, and John is not like that. Uh, John is not a chronological biography of Jesus. Uh, If you read through the book of John, you're not going to find any parables that you find in the other ones. What you're going to find is is Jesus essentially not being shy about who he is, about how he is God. And he talks about it, but the people still don't uh, quite understand it. Now, John wrote this book, and it was actually one of the last books in the New Testament to be written. So that's where we're going to be today, and we're going to kind of jump around in the book of John. If you are a new Christian and a new follower of Jesus, the book of John is a great book to read because Jesus tells you exactly who he is and exactly why he's here and exactly what he wants to do. And I want to start there this morning. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or your iPads or whatever, uh, turn to the book of John, and then we're going to go to chapter 
20 and verses 30 through 31. This is Jesus, and he is, he is going to tell, uh, John is going to tell us exactly the purpose of this book and exactly what the mission of God is. John says, chapter 20, verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's the gospel. We could stop right there, and that's a full sermon. That is the gospel. So let's look at the, the who and the why. And that's what John is telling, telling us right here. The who is Jesus. And he wants us to believe that he's the Messiah and the Son of God. So who is Jesus exactly? Well, if you look in the book of John, in the first 18 verses of chapter 1, that is called the prologue. And a prologue essentially is just setting up the story for the rest of the book. It's kind of the introduction. And John focuses in these first 18 verses on something that is so important. It is essentially the central fact of our faith. It is the main idea of our faith. And that is that Christianity is not about an idea, but it's about a person, right? It's about a person. Brian, will you go back to that previous slide? Um, To remove Jesus from Christianity, if we were to take Jesus out of Christianity, it's essentially like taking numbers out of math. So essentially what I'm saying is, if you take Jesus out of Christianity, basically it's like algebra. All right? It's awful, and it's of the devil. It's in the Bible. Those of you that are good at algebra, you're like, what's well, really not that hard? X e-. No, stop. Stop. X equals nothing. It's a letter. It's the way God intended it. It should not be a number. So those of you that don't understand algebra and calculus and all that stuff, that's what this, that's what, that's what this is saying. That's what I'm telling you this morning, that if you take Jesus out of Christianity, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So Christianity is not just about what Jesus said, although Jesus said a lot of great things. Jesus said some important things, and we need to listen to those things. But it's not just about what he said. It's about a personal relationship with him. Now, you can live a great life and listen to what Jesus said and try to follow those things, and that's awesome. But if you don't have a relationship with him, you've got nothing. I guarantee you that Satan, the enemy's, all of his demons and, and, and every bad thing in this world, they knew what Jesus said. They could quote it back to him, but they didn't have a relationship. Jesus is essential, and the book of John is going to show us, through Jesus, just how committed God is to his mission. So let's go to the first chapter of John, and I want to read the first five verses. This sounds a little bit familiar. It's the beginning of the song we just sang, What a Beautiful Name. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not. 
So what we find out in these first five verses is quite simply that Jesus is God, but also separate from God. And that's hard for us to understand. We, we don't understand how someone could be someone, but also a separate someone. And it, 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 it's hard for us to understand, and until the day that we meet Jesus face to face, we won't get it. But in verses 1 and 2, John writes that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So with and was. All right, I've lost everybody. I've lost myself. It's fine. Just go with it. It's like algebra. We're good. Basically, what John tells us is that Jesus was with God in the beginning. So he always existed. He always was. He was not created. So he's equal to God, but also separate from God. So why should we believe in Jesus? Well, John tells us that he is the creator. You say, wait, wait, hold on. Jesus was the creator? He was present at creation, but he also participated in creation because John says in verse 3, through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Did you realize that? Jesus was at creation and participated in creation. You see, and that's how God revealed himself in these two ways. Number one, through creation, and number two, through Jesus. In Colossians, Paul tells us something that's really great. Uh, in uh, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, Paul says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Doesn't it give you a little bit of comfort to know that all things were created by him and for him? So that when we're going through life and things happen, that maybe we don't understand that there is a bigger plan that we just don't see. When things happen in our political climate, which always seems to be going on, knowing that God has ordained everything, he knows what's going to happen, there is a bigger plan than what we can see. Now, only in Jesus do we have physical life, and that's the creation, but also spiritual life, salvation. Jesus Christ originates all life. All life. We are created, we breathe, just like that song, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. He has created us, but he's also standing right there ready to save us. I want to look at something about how Jesus not only is life, but is also light. In John uh, chapter 8, in verse 12, John says these words, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, now this is Jesus, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, if you go back to verse 5, notice what John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay? So Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Earlier, John says, 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Doesn't that sound familiar? We have light and we have dark. Isn't it nice to know that spiritual light cannot be extinguished by the darkness, the sin of this world? Now, I'm a little bit strange. Um, and my family will tell stop it. <laughs> my family will tell you this. I, I prefer a dark house. I, I don't like lights on. I, I will sit in my living room and the TV will be on. And all of the lights will be off. I can't stand it when it's bright in there. And I think I get that from my grandmother because she is the same way. She likes to keep the blinds closed. And I, I, like, I, ha- I hate the skylight in my living room because in the middle of the day it's still bright in there. I like the dark. Um, I remember in college... Our college group uh, usually once a year would go kind of do a, a camp out thing at Paladera Canyon. And, and we would, you know, sleep in tents and sit around the campfire. And then we would wait until about 11 o'clock and we would go set out on the lighthouse trail. Now, looking back, that was probably a really, really dumb idea in the middle of Paladera Canyon at night. And we would purposely uh, not take any flashlights. And we would schedule it around when there was going to be a full moon. Because once you're out there for about 10 or 15 minutes on that trail in the dark and there is no um, light around, the full moon is enough for you to be able to see. And we would hike. Plus, it wasn't, you know, 110 degrees. It was a whole lot cooler in the middle of the night. So I've been to Lighthouse Rock two times, but I've never seen it in the daylight. It's always been at night. And, and it was so much fun. And that was back when I could stay up past, like, 9 o'clock. Um, and we would get back at like 3 in the morning, and, and that just sounds horrible now. I'd prefer to go to bed earlier. But I, I, I like the dark. But what, what John is saying and what Paul is saying is that Jesus is the light of the world, and there is nothing in our world, no matter how bad, no matter how bad we think it is, that can extinguish that light. Nothing. You can't turn it off. Jesus is the light of the world. And if we follow him, we have that same light in us. Now, the message of Jesus demands a response. We either believe or we don't. Those are the two choices. There is no in the middle. You do or you don't. Now, we see through this that Jesus being called the Word, and then we know because of other Gospels we read that he is the Son of God. He is the creator of the world. He's participated in creation. He is the originator of physical life, spiritual life, and he is spiritual light. But what's really cool about Jesus, and the only one that can say this, is that the creator became his creation. He participated in the beginning, in the the six days, and then rested on the seventh, and then a long time later, the creator became the created and walked earth and became human like us 100% human but 100% God it's like that algebra stuff doesn't work we don't understand it that's how we know that God is committed to his mission because the creator became the created and then Jesus had his ministry here on earth and then willingly gave up his life so that we could have life now we had physical life but through Jesus' death on the cross, and more so through him not staying in that tomb, we now can have spiritual life. It's that simple. 
I know that's short, but I'm not going to add a bunch of words to what Jesus said or to what John said. I don't need to add. There's nothing I can add to that to make it any better. The creator became his creation human like us. Lived on this earth for 33 years. Lived a perfect life. And then willingly allowed himself to be arrested, to be betrayed by one of his closest followers, to be beaten, to be mocked, to have a a fake crown put on his head because he had told people that he was the king of the Jews. Jesus' last words, and you see it later on in John, when he's about to die, he says it is finished, and then it tells us that in that moment, he gave up his spirit. And the entire world, all of creation thought, I don't understand. But you, you said that you were going to do this, and, and you said this, and, and there's going to be this kingdom, and, and, and now you're dead. His physical life came to an end. But that spiritual light still wasn't extinguished. And when those two women came the next morning, Jesus wasn't there. I'm sure that originally they thought someone's taken his body. What, what has happened? And then they became the first two people to preach the gospel. And the angel said, go, tell. Tell them what you have seen here today. I realize this morning, every single person in this room has something they're dealing with. Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's something emotional. Maybe you're in a spiritual battle. Maybe you think, I can't take one more step. God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to happen? We have to remember, this world is not our home. This world is temporary. It doesn't feel temporary because it's all we know right now. But there is a plan that we cannot see. Jesus is the mission of God. It's that simple. He put all his eggs into one basket. Jesus. That's it. It begins with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. While we sang that song today, what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. I want you to close your eyes with me. Sometimes there are things that happen in our lives that we don't understand. And we think, I I can't handle it. I can't do this. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm beat down. All we have to do is call upon the name of Jesus. You've been, you've been emotionally drained? Speak Jesus. You've got some physical thing going on with you? Speak Jesus. 
Now, just because we speak Jesus doesn't mean, you know, Jesus is a God is going to just heal whatever is going on. But when we call upon the name of Jesus, there's something supernatural that happens. It's more than we can do. And God will either take it away from us, whatever's going on, or God will give us the strength to power through. But either way, it creates a beautiful testimony. The mission of God is Jesus. And every chance we get, we need to be speaking Jesus over our family, over our friends, over our our homes, our kids, our school, our church. There isn't a situation that you can't speak Jesus over. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your mission and how it begins and ends with Jesus. And Father, we just want to speak the name of Jesus this morning. Hear us as we call out that wonderful, powerful name. We know that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And that is what we are doing this morning. That is why we are here. We just want to speak the name of Jesus over every person in this room today. Hear our cries, Lord. Answer our prayers. I pray if there's somebody in this room this morning that so far just has an idea of Jesus, that they would begin a relationship with him today. Father, meet us in this moment right now as we sing this song. We speak Jesus. In your precious, in your holy name we pray. Amen. There will be people up here up front if you uh, need prayer. But let's just speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind this morning.